Everyone's familiar with the old principle, de gustibus non est disputatum. (laughs) When it comes to taste, you can't argue. You can't say, somebody who says, I don't like chocolate, when someone says, I don't like chocolate, your your response can't be, you're wrong. (laughs) It's not something to argue about. It's taste. Now you could say, you could say there's something wrong with you, you know. Something wrong with your tongue or your education. This was my whole thing. You know, I grew up, my mom is from small town Kentucky. So we ate at home, you know, small town, you know, country stuff. You know, like exotic in my house growing up was when we had rice. <laughs> oh. Rice with chicken, huh? You know, past the salt and pepper, you know. <laughs> That was like the the most exotic. So when I started spending time in Spain, when in seminary I met some Spanish guys and I'd spent some summers in Spain, I remember they offered me for the first time uh, donkey sausage. And I said, that's gross. And they said, you're poorly educated. That's what they said. Mal educado. They're like, you know, the same, you know, donkey sausage with cheese that you could smell from, you know, like when you enter the room, you know. I said, I don't like it. They said, you're poorly educated. They said, you American, what do you want, the cheeseburger? Oh, oh, can I get you a cheeseburger with fries? Oh. And I said, is that real? And I thought, how about that? These guys who grow up eating these, you know, more exotic kind of fine, nicer and stuff are able to appreciate more than I am. Yeah, we're made the same way. We're same, you know, human beings, but they followed. It is a kind of educational path that does require a certain sensitivity and a, and a getting accustomed to tasting different things in order to appreciate them. Right. It's the same thing with human, human sensibility, human sensitivity. I remember growing up and getting to this point where I became very afraid of my mom. It's like, how does my mom know everything? You know what I mean? Like the thought that I could hide something from my mom entered and then left very quickly. I said, I know she's going to find out. And I don't know how, but she always knows. And it wasn't until I became an adult and started like seeing younger people who try to hide things. You know, like when I was teaching in middle school, kids would try to hide stuff from me. I was like, I saw you like I see you. (laughs) Like you have to be joking. (laughs) Besides the fact that, like, yeah, I talk to your parents, you know. <laughs> you know, people talk and we find things out. But there's this kind of human sensitivity that, uh, that comes with age and experience. You think about, like, the young, you know, boyfriend, you know, guy who's out with his girlfriend. And he spends all his time talking about his ex-girlfriend. And then the girlfriend gets mad, but he doesn't understand why. He's like, What's, why, are you, why are you mad? What are you, why? I'm with you now. <laughs> You know, but some guys, girls too, but girls are a little bit more sensitive. Guys can be so dense, just so dense. You just, it's like the writing's on the wall, but you can't read it. And it's exactly that way. Well, my friends, it's the same way with life. It's the same way with God. People talk about spirituality. We don't even have to use that word. We're talking about life and reality. Some people are dense, dense, dense. 
We live in a society that promotes denseness, yeah? That promotes just a myopic, very limited view of things. So I think about this. I have a friend. This is a true story. I have a friend who, it wasn't until she was in her 40s that she discovered God and began to love God, okay? And then this is the real great thing. She didn't tell anybody for years. She was afraid to tell anybody because she thought people would think she was insane. Because she didn't know anybody who knew and loved God. She didn't know anybody. So this was such a new, monumental, novel thing for her that first she herself thought she was crazy and then was afraid that other people would think she was crazy. You know what helped her? Starting to go to church. And in church she realized, oh wow, everybody who's here, they also love God. So it's not just me. I'm not just insane. And this just floored me because I realized we live in a society where if you love God, you will think that you're insane. It's like nobody talks about God on television. Nobody talks about this on the news. Nobody talks about the origins of life and life's destiny in this way. And in that way, Americans become poorly educated when it comes to God, when it becomes to reality. And in this way, when Christ comes, I tell you what, he's really hard to recognize. He's really hard to see. And also, very often, the coming of Christ becomes something that most people think is unreasonable, irrational, that goes against what is human. And I'm sure, I'm sure many of you have, have had the experience of even being persecuted in your own families. I bet some of you have told your spouses or your kids, oh, I'm going to church, you know, like kind of meekly, you know. Maybe you said, oh, I have to go run an errand. <laughs> yeah, you know, kind of like embarrassing. Your kids, you know, they kind of like put up with you, kind of pat you on your shoulder like, oh, you believe in God. Isn't that sweet? You know, I tell you what, you can think that belief in God and in Jesus is unreasonable as long as you forget two things. Forget these two things and you can just live a nice, happy life without God. Forget where you came from and forget where you're going, okay? <laughs> you know those blinders they put on horses? As long as you got those blinders on, forgetting the beginning and the end, then you'll be totally fine. I look at people who don't believe in God and I say, I'm sorry, but you have to, you have to please tell me, why did you get out of bed this morning? Please give me a good reason for putting your feet on the floor. Well, because uh, I was hungry. Okay, so you got out of bed to eat. But what was the point of eating? Well, because I need to go to work. Why do you work? Well, well because I need to make a living uh, to, 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 to pay for my home. Why, why? Right? If you continue to ask enough and you get to the point where, you know what, someday you're going to die and then there's nothing. So why are you doing these things today? And it's like, I don't think about that. Don't think about that. Now you're getting, you are an extremist fundamentalist <laughs> to think about your death. Right? Most of it, there's, you got destiny on the one side. On the other side, people forget that they were born. People today imagine that they made themselves, that they made this whole world. Ah, this belongs to me. You know, they forget that they had parents. 
You know, and as long as you forget that you were born, you forget that nothing belongs to you. Poverty, poverty. Jesus talks about poverty of spirit in the Gospels. But poverty in the first place is something that comes from nature. Because we are made with nothing. And in our lives, we never possess anything. We never possess anything that isn't strictly given to us. And even when it's given to us, we can only keep it as long as we remember to affirm that it belongs to God and comes from God and is going to God. In this world, the only thing we ever get to keep is what we offer back into God's hands. Anyway, friends, my whole point about this whole thing is to say there is a real need for education. And education is what we're talking about when, when in the words of Isaiah the prophet, make, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. And some people, their lives, the paths are covered with mountains. And some people, it's more straight. The better educated, the more aware we are about the truth of life, the straighter the path. Because we can never cause Christ to come. We can never make salvation enter into our lives. That's not something we're capable of. But yes, we are capable of doing the work of paying attention, of remembering where we came from and remembering where we want to go. And the more we pay attention to those things, the more time we spend meditating upon them, the greater sensitivity that grows within us so that our heart will be able to recognize the coming of Christ when He's here. Such that the intuition that a person has at the beginning when they meet Christ, that intuition turns into a more certain knowledge. And the more they walk the path of life, the more that knowledge grows and grows and grows. So that the relationship with Christ becomes more and more beautiful. And the, and the path becomes more smooth and more straight as one remains on it. This is the testimony we have to give to our family and friends. This is the testimony we have to give to the whole world. That following Christ does not make us less but it actually becomes a flourishing of our humanity, a flourishing of our hearts. And in that way, thank God, the church has given us this time of Advent to remember to do this work so that, yes, when we arrive at Christmas, our hearts will truly be full of joy at the coming of Christ.